0: On this podcast, I had the pleasure to talk with Mark Gutierrez. Mark is a black belt in the gentle art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and is the owner of Elite Team Monterey. He's been a mentor to me, but at the same time, a great friend. Jiu-Jitsu was there when I needed it the most, and I'm truly grateful for the lessons Mark has taught me inside and outside of the gym. But before we get to our conversation, I wanted to thank our sponsors. Snail Bar is a newly opened wine bar in the Temescal area of Oakland, California, a place where you can sit down and expect excellent wines, and food to match. Make sure to follow their IG for more info on how to get your hands on their tasty wines. Next up is the great and powerful Ono Bakehouse ran by Desiree Valencia. Ono Bakehouse is a Hawaiian bakery with some awesome treats that I know you all will enjoy. She's also in the Oakland area. So if you happen to find yourself in her neighborhood, make sure to stop by and get yourself a slice of the delicious Queen Emma cake. You won't be disappointed. Now it's time for my conversation with Mark Gutierrez. You know, uh, I don't think this podcast would be uh, possible. Or I wouldn't have started it, uh, you know, without your uh, your motivation and all that. Um, maybe for the people listening, just tell them what you do and I guess what you do for a living.
1: All right. Hey, what's, going on? Uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Mark Gutierrez. Um, I'm a business owner in Monterey, California. I teach uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and um, do a little bit of personal training as well. It's been out here for uh, about four years and me and my family moved out here and opened up the gym and I met Greg shortly after moving over here. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm I'm a little sad I I didn't uh, check out or what I I didn't know you when you opened up the first little gym at, uh, what was the place called?
1: It was called Prime Fitness or i think it was actually called like prime personal training it was um this lady and her husband mike and Jolie kobrinski yeah they they allowed me to kind of rent some space from them and i started up the program during that time for maybe like maybe one to two years i was there just built the built the program up and then eventually we got our own spot
0: yeah because it's like a very I look back at some of the photos, maybe, you know, Neil posts or some other people post. It's very humble beginnings. It looks cool. Like it's like a very, so it was such a small space and you had like, I don't know, maybe like 10 students, 15 students, maybe less.
1: Yeah. I mean, initially, you know, when I first started, I would show up, you know, I would put out the the social media posts and on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, tag all kinds of people and then tag like the location and, and then, um, you know, in the beginning, like I said, I would just show up and no one would show up. So a lot of times it was just me in there. I would just do stuff for myself or work out or, you know, put more time back into the business, you know, use those times as opportunities to work. And then eventually people started showing up and, you know, reaching out to me. It kind of just diffused. Like I. it's like, you know, you kind of just like open a jar of, you know, say some coffee and it doesn't take that long until that coffee kind of diffuses into the air and everybody can smell it. That's kind of what happened with the gym. Just kind of put it out there, and eventually people started reaching out. And now
0: you've gone from a very small space, kind of in someone else's gym, to owning your own gym, and now your students, I'm not sure how many students you have, but it's like 50-plus for sure. I mean— At one point before the pandemic. Yeah,
1: before pandemic, you know, we had close to 100 students, and it kind of decreased as, you know, time— everybody's life got a little more challenging, so, you know— naturally people are going to try to cut their expenses so yeah I, you know luckily we all hopefully made it out and now we're just rebuilding and having a good time um uh,
0: for maybe people that don't know exactly what jujitsu is what what is it for you how would how do you like define the art
1: well it's uh you know jiu is it's you know people come in when they when they first rea- see what's going on it's you know it's a self-defense so you're coming in you're learning how to use your body, your arms and your legs to fight against the other person, right? So, you know, naturally most people don't have any idea where they're safe and where they're not safe when it comes to someone else being on top of them or someone else grabbing their head or around their waist. So, you know, the idea here is just to help you be able to be comfortable when you get into these tight altercations with people. And then we go even deeper into like sport jiu-jitsu where you're kind of learning these techniques to, you know, submit people at a, you know, in a competition setting. But yeah, jiu-jitsu would be, you know, me learning how to use both my arms and my legs to attack and to fight another person to either defend myself or in sport competition to, to win matches and, or to just, you know, be able to beat your buddy up. And one of the things that comes
0: out of, uh, understanding how to use your arms and your legs to, you know, uh, control someone, um, submit them. It, it I think it gives you a lot more uh, confidence for sure. Um, I know coming in here for the first time, I was pretty intimidated just cause I hadn't done, I hadn't wrestled with another human being in years. And so coming into a space where, you know, that another person is going to, uh, basically try to put you to sleep. It could be a little intimidating at first, but as uh, you know, as you continue learning, you start to gain this confidence that um or very you con- confidence and very comfortable with someone else basically trying t- to either break your arm, put you to sleep, or uh totally control you.
1: Yeah, like pinning you to the mat, you know, even as simple as someone being on top of you, you know, in the top mount and you not being able to escape or you know understanding how to feel comfortable where you're safe you know a lot of the things we talk about is like I'm going to be put into bad positions but how can I be safe in those bad positions you know and that's the idea here is like you I want you to be, be comfortable in every position and be able to find those safe spaces you know where do I need to put my hands so that I don't get exposed and get my arms attacked or you know how do I protect my neck so I don't get strangled or you know how do I escape these spots where I can You know be able to escape and get on top or run away or do whatever yeah it's just building comfortable being comfortable being uncomfortable
0: and is jujitsu for everybody is that something that uh, you know any kind of person can just come in and start or do you need to be a certain type of person to
1: get uh, start training in jujitsu so i think jujitsu is for everybody like I think anybody can do it. What happens is it comes down to the person that's teaching it. So if the person that's teaching it, if their jujitsu isn't good enough to show anybody, maybe theirs is based off athleticism or off strength. Or, you know, or they're or they're not as sound in their techniques and their mechanics. It becomes challenging for certain body types and certain kinds of mentalities. You know, because they have. Not just different body types, like people are tall, people are short, some are thick, some are, you know, thin. But you have people that come in that someone being on top of them and them feeling the resistance is enough to make them cry. So, like, you have to see that stuff, you have to understand it, and you have to be, like, empathetic towards that. You're pushing them. I'm going to make you get comfortable with this because I'm going to teach you the things you know because what's what's happening is like you're reaching a spot where you don't know what to do it's a, that's like obscurity so like i don't know what it is and so i'm afraid of it once we get through obscurity and i teach you the things to be able to make you now you have the light in the darkness you become comfortable and now you're less you don't freak out as much but now you're emotionally stronger as a person you know now you're not going to crack as easily
0: um after leaving uh San Francisco or the Bay Area and coming down to Monterey, I was kinda in, in between jobs. I I wasn't sure what you know what my next uh, couple steps were gonna be. But um I had a cousin who trained here. I think he might have did he start training at the first spot? Was he there yet?
1: Yeah, Mark came in towards the end of the first spot. Oh, okay.
0: And uh one day he was he, I was living at my aunt's house and uh he, he's like, Hey uh come try this uh, jiu-jitsu gym, you know, um, come check it out. And I was like, ah, I don't know, man, you know, uh, I don't know if I want to keep on doing jujitsu. I hadn't done it in years. I know I really enjoyed watching UFC. And he's like, no, come on, come on, you know, and not only was I, you know, I was kind of, a, I was scared to come, right? Like I, I, I didn't know if I still had it in me to wrestle and, uh, you know, we call it rolling with another person. And the class was at six in the morning. So I had to, you know, wake up early and you know, kind of come, uh, uh, get over my my fears of of doing jujitsu again. And um, for me, I felt at the time I didn't know it, but I needed jujitsu. I needed some sort of um, routine in my life, something to look forward to, something to you know make me comfortable in uncomfortable uh, spaces, because I I felt in my life at the at the moment I was like uh, just. In, in, in the middle, I wasn't sure which way to go. But when I started training, oh man, I, I got addicted right away. The addiction happened, the bug got me. I started watching videos. I started coming every day. Uh, when I would uh, get submitted, I, could, I would think about it for the rest of the day and who submitted me, you know, and I, I couldn't wait to get back either. I, can, I couldn't wait to see that person again. If, they, if I only saw them on Fridays, I would make sure I'm here on Fridays to roll with freaking Jake or whoever, <laughs> yeah. or you, you know, whoever yeah, it would be. Yeah. And um, is there like, are there certain people that you think uh, need jujitsu in their life? Or is it uh, just something that, you know, like you say you like kind of reach out to people. Do you ever reach out to anyone and and just like say, hey, from like, or maybe you talk to them, you can, you could like feel that they might need jujitsu in their life.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm a little biased. So (laughs) I would say um, everybody needs (laughs) jujitsu in their life but i mean there's some people that don't do jujitsu maybe because their body you know they can't do it They have a messed up back to the point where you know it's just too detrimental but there are some people that maybe they just don't need it because they don't and um, they don't live a lifestyle where they push themselves or they're very comfortable in the things that they do they have you know they have a nice job or they have a you know a good family or they're just comfortable in their life to the point where they don't need they don't feel the need to push past the barriers and getting outside of their comfort zone. But yeah, I think everybody needs it to be honest. Like it's uh it's just transcends. It's not just self-defense. You know, like I said in the beginning, Oh, it's a self-defense. You come in, you're going to learn how to, you know, defend yourself against someone else, but it turns into something deeper. The longer you go into it, it starts turning into a mirror of yourself of like how far can I push my mind? Before, you know, my body starts to break, my mind gets tired and I start to break mentally. Like you can make yourself a really strong person, and push past emotions, like making, your you know, being able to deal with these emotions of being frustrated and trying really hard. But the person's better than you. So it doesn't matter how hard you try. You're not as good as that person. You're not going to win today. You're going to lose and you're going to accept it or you're going to give up and it's like that's good for you you know i definitely remember times like i was like a crybaby when i was a little kid like i would just cry I over did. everything <laughs> you know and i'd come into jujitsu and i was still cry baby even when i was in high school you know and in jujitsu i come in and it doesn't matter if you're a crybaby; you either give up or you keep coming back and you get tougher and jujitsu started to make me tough you know i would have these battles with people where i tried as hard as i could and i still lost and you know I, I bumped their hand and i said good you know good roll but then you know later on like it just i'll be frustrated i'd be like teary-eyed just because it's so much emotion when you're you know exchanging techniques with somebody there's a lot of emotion that's in there that you need to learn to understand but then eventually you need to learn to separate yourself from it because you can't emotions cloud your mind to cloud your judgment you know you don't want to make decisions based off emotions both on the mat and then both in real life, like, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's, it, it, going back to, like I said, it's not just self-defense. It's like a whole, it's a lifestyle. It's like a system. It's a community of people that, uh, they're all on the same path of trying to become better, not just to other people, but better in their own mind to themselves. Um, it took you like, how long does it take
0: for someone to, get to the point that they can open up their own gym and, uh, teach, um, you've, how long have you been doing jujitsu for?
1: Um, well, I started training jujitsu when I was 18 and, um, I'm 33 now. So yeah, I don't know what the math is, but yeah, it's something like 12 years, but you know, technically you could open a gym whenever you want, because you know, fortunately and unfortunately, there's really no regulations on who can teach jujitsu. You know, we all know the different schools and the different kinds of philosophies and you know the techniques that you see. And you start to kind of, as you train more, you can decipher, you know, the wheat from the chaff, like which ones are actually really good schools and which ones are just okay schools. And uh, but for me, you know, I started I started my academy when I was a brown belt, like, and you know, I got my black belt, but three or four years ago and you know i was fortunate my instructor let me start teaching when i was a blue belt so i had you know a good six years of teaching you know 30 40 people classes and i got to learn on my instructor's dollar which is always the best way to learn like if you could learn on someone else's dollar he didn't didn't charge me for the membership you know and i just you know, I would cover every class that he needed me to, but I had a weekly class that I covered and, you know, so I had a lot of experience. So by the time I opened up my own academy, you know, I've already been used to teaching 30, 40 people classes. You know, I got 10 people in class. This is nothing for me. You know, I'm ready for the next step, but I'm now I'm having to build. So I had to go backwards, build my own thing up. But then by the time I hit 40, you know, 30 people classes, I was I, I've already been here before. This is nothing. You know, so like I, it's like you want to get ready for things before you are actually in them. You know, you don't want to be in the NBA and still be learning how to do a jump shot. Like it's too late, you know, (laughs) like
0: so for sure. Um, For me, you know, I've had a a couple of different teachers, whether like in boxing, kickboxing, um, did some taekwondo and a little bit of a jujitsu before I started here. I think what's one of the most important things that are for me one of the best things here is the way you teach you have a a certain type of teaching for me that it really clicks um you're not you you allow a little bit of freedom um i i g i think for your students but you also uh check their technique if you see that something is you know not correct or they're they're missing a small detail um how did you learn to become such a great teacher? Man.
1: Um. Well, my first thing, like my instructor was a great teacher. You know, I definitely learned a lot about how to carry a room, you know, how to break things down. But then I, you know, with myself, like I had always, I had always been a person that studied, I never really studied in school. Like I wasn't known for studying in school, but when it came to jujitsu, like I had no problem studying for hours and hours so like I you know I was the kind of person that in class I was always always trying to not just master the things that my instructors showing me but also try to fill in gaps and you know learn the new evolutions in the game because like within the last 10 years jiu-jitsu has changed dramatically you know like now you know they say oh it used to take you 10 years to get a black belt I mean now 4 years you can be at black belt level depending on how hard you work you know so you put a lot of time into it and uh you can get good faster you know one person's training three times a week and the other person's training two times a day and you, know, you get to those hundred hours faster than the other person
0: yeah so you have all these so you have a bunch of uh, you know students that started at a white belt and they're moving up in the ranks you know you see them yeah, what's cool about jujitsu is that you have a place to test your uh, your skills, right? You have the mats, you have like your home gym, you have other gyms you can go to, uh, but where you're truly tested is at a tor- as a, as at a tournament. For you, when, when you see your students compete, like, or do you like uh, do you like your students competing? Is that something you you think that is necessary for like to uh, your students to get better and for you? Uh, watching it happen do you like feel like pride you know when you see someone win or like someone's getting better um how do you go about i guess or like knowing even when someone is ready for a tournament
1: oh okay so it's like if all right being ready for a tournament ideally you would like to be able to understand all the different positions right you don't want to go in there not knowing you know how to get out of uh you know side control you can't even get your guard back you know, cuz then you're going you're, yeah you're you might have fun you might have a blast but if you're actually trying to take it serious and you want to take a gold medal you have to be prepared so you know definitely you know usually for like a after at least a year of training it'd be a good idea to do a tournament you know i did uh i did the pan ams 2 months into training jiu and i won my first match by a rear naked choke in the gi and the second match i got choked out with a cross choke inside someone's guard and I just had no idea what happened. So it's like, you know, I think I got lucky on the first match. And, but the second match exposed that I really knew nothing about jujitsu. And, but you know, I didn't get hurt. So luck you know, so if you can do a tournament and you don't get hurt, you know, that's, that's a good experience.
0: Yeah. The first tournament I did here through the elite team, we went and I like got a black eye, I popped one of my ribs, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, it depends on how hard you go, right? Like you yeah. can just like accept a loss yeah. or you can like try to submit someone as well, man versus man or woman versus woman. And it's, you know, it's, it's not a patty cake. It's not, you know, a yeah. rock, paper, scissors. It's yeah. literally it's even
1: tr- like sometimes, you know, depending on the training room, I mean, you go to a jiu-jitsu tournament, everybody's hyped up on adrenaline, you know, so like they're like all oh, superheroes are super strong. Everybody feels so strong.
0: One yeah. of the things I I I hate, but I know I need to do it. And I think it will tra- translate into like the real world is the nervousness that you get before a competition. Um, you know, it's you're kind of this spotlights on you. You're trying to represent your team. Um, Do you think, for me it does, but do you think that's uh, another, like, something that's really good about jiu-jitsu is, like, getting over the nervousness, uh, and does it, does jiu-jitsu, like, translate out into the real world?
1: Yeah, so, uh, it kind of goes back to, like, you know, when should somebody compete, you know, is competition for everyone, and like, what are the good things that you get out a competition? Like, I feel that you can get good at jujitsu and you can get a ton of benefits out of jujitsu and not compete. But it is a good thing to compete because it's like, there's you know, there's a very low chance that you're going to die. And, uh, you know, there's a huge chance that you're going to have a great experience and it's going to be eye opening. It's just it's just something very special to actually try to beat somebody in class. Of course, we're trying to beat everybody, but. You know, it it just definitely changes when you don't know the person across from you and, you know, th- their teams cheering for them and your team's cheering for you. And, you know, although jujitsu is an inv- individual sport, you know, you don't get good by yourself. So like your team, it's a team sport and it's an individual sport. So that's another aspect that makes it great. You know, you could be playing football and your team wins and you, you sat on the sideline the whole season. Yeah, I mean, like you're on the team, but you never even play. You know, I mean, so it's like jujitsu. Like if you win, it's because you won, but your team helped you. But um, as far as like nerves go, you know, it's just that is the feeling. the The nervousness is the feeling of adrenaline and cortisol. So if you were to pump adrenaline and cortisol into your body, the feeling you would have is that same feeling of nervousness. So it's like learning to identify that and learning to understand that this isn't just me, this is my body releasing these chemicals, and this is the feeling of those chemicals, so it changes, it turns it into, like, this is the power, like, if I feel the nervousness, this means that my senses are heightened, my strength is up, I'm faster, I'm stronger, I just need to learn how to breathe, understand it, and then use it, because if you don't have that that means that your body's not producing those things. And you're actually at a disadvantage now because the other guy has it, but you don't. So you're, oh, I'm cu- cool as a cucumber. You might get beat because of that, you know? Yeah,
0: that's definitely, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, I felt like I was coming into the gym too cool. Like coming in, you know, chilling, you know, like, oh yeah, like I know what I need to do, but didn't have like the sense of urgency And then I I was, I kept losing to some people and I was like, God dang it, like (laughs) what it, I I feel like I know the techniques, I've, you know, know, maybe I've submitted this person before, but for some reason, I'm just, I'm not getting it. So now uh, lately I've been uh, trying to up my urgency and up my, you know, my, uh, my, my will to kill. Yeah, yeah. And that, it's felt like it's made a a small difference in my, uh, my ability to finish and win matches. So I'm excited to do this next tournament, you know, and uh, kind of put myself out there and try to use the techniques we've been learning and it's fun. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, you know, I'm not going to die, but, yeah. you know, but your soul, if you do lose, your soul gets a little crushed. <laughs> yeah, crush your ego a little bit. Yeah, but that's good. You know, I think at the end of the day to you build it back up. Yeah, to, you know, to know you're not, some people have this, like, you know, they watch you and they're like, oh, I would freaking uppercut him and I, I would kick his ass and it's like well you maybe should try competition yeah. and that idea will like will get swept away real quick yeah that, it wakes you up that yeah. you really don't know shit you're not a good fighter you don't know how to box yeah um, what you think you know how to do you don't and yeah. um, so it, it, it's it's good for me hopefully you know i hope to win and i uh, i'm gonna try hard do you know submit the people or win by points whatever i can do
1: hopefully submissions though. yeah yeah that's uh that's, that's submission the best always point. not a win huh yeah. yeah yeah it's uh you know a lot of people have an idea of what they think they're capable of and then they get put into a situation where they realize you know maybe they don't they're not quite as capable as they thought they were you know and that's uh you know it's unfortunate for some people
0: um so as you know you said you've, you've been doing for. A pretty long time now and how long have you opened up how long has this gym been here almost four years yeah like or four years you've been building totally. up for four years um jiu-jitsu years. is like a it's is like a, a lifetime journey it's not something that you are just gonna quit one day you know uh, especially once you get to the black belt level um how do you continue to keep learning and uh, advancing with i think well because jiu-jitsu has so i uh, it seems to have a lot of trends over the years and um How is it since there's no schooling, maybe, you know, there's on there's some online like stuff. Um, How do you continue to educate yourself and be up to date as a coach?
1: So, you know, like just like in know regular, regular life, you know, you kind of have to find your mentors or you got to find your teachers. You know it's always even no matter what age you're at you you have some sort of a teacher maybe they're older than you maybe they're younger than you you know you need someone that's going to give you knowledge and um you know i had a professor tom knox that taught me a lot of you know what i when i was training with him he taught me a lot of what i knew you know he built me up and then obviously i would take on like almost like online professors or online mentors like I would watch Marcelo Garcia and I would watch initially I was really into watching like Henry Gracie I took a lot of his teaching methodologies a lot of his little mannerisms and the way that he kind of breaks things down and then I would find you know I got h- hooked on like Eddie Bravo stuff where I was learning 10th planet like the first two years of my jiu-jitsu was a lot was just 10th planet inspired you know I had mastering the rubber guard and then I had mastering the twister you know, I would just hammer those books with my friends and then, you know, do it on all my training partners. But then, you know, like other play- other guys I'd find inspiration from or you know, like the Mendes brothers, like their passing style. Andre Goval, his passing style, you know. And then I think what really changed everything is when I started watching like, you know, like John Donner. I had, you know, one of our students, one of my brown belts, Ari Goldman you know shout out to uh Jiu Jitsu Flow check him out you know if you're not training right now and you need uh you need some movement Jiu Jitsu Flow man he's got a great program going on most of everything he's doing is free it's all free resource so uh you know check it out on Instagram and on YouTube but he came in you know he came in he had been training with John in New York for a, about a year and a half before at a purple belt level he's a purple belt under Kron Gracie and um move it out there trained with him and then he came and trained with me you know we got like two years together and uh yeah it just kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities that you know the things that john was teaching the way that he taught the way he broke down you know his different attack systems and then his fundamentals and you know i was able to fill in a ton of gaps i just the stuff that he taught the way he taught really resonated with the way that i learned and um I kind of took him on as like a professor online. So, you know, I study all his stuff. I practice it. I put the time in, you know, I I constantly investing in his his DVDs, like I'm spending my money to be able to learn. And a lot of times you have to do things like that. Like you get to a certain level where yes, some free education will be still beneficial, but sometimes you got to sacrifice a little money and you got to, you know, humble yourself enough to learn from someone else. And if you do that, sometimes you become really good. And I feel that, you know, just being able to use his brain to kind of help my just to become better, help me become a better teacher, and be able to make it so that I can help people get better faster as they first start, you know, build them a, a more developed game from the beginning so they have an easier transition as they get through the game, you know, as they continue to train. So finding mentors is kind of what I've, started to do is and of course i learned from my training my my students as well you know we teach we learn we teach each other at at a certain point and uh just teaching helps me me get it better but a lot of it was the uh, the guys that were better than me teaching me and me trying to be like them you know so yeah it's uh you gotta you gotta go to people that are ahead of you you know, you got to find the elders and take the knowledge and bring it back from the mountain. The wizards. That's it.
0: Yeah, like I, coming into the gym, um, I wasn't sure what to expect, right? I knew I was going to come in for jujitsu. I, I didn't know who you were at all. Um, and over the years of, uh, you know, of you being my coach, I, I, I feel like I was pretty lucky to get more than a coach. I, I think I, I found someone that really pushed me either within jujitsu, but outside of it as well, you know, either giving me advice, helping me with basically with whatever I needed, any kind of questions I had about jujitsu or in life, you were able to, you know, give me uh, some, some uh, different perspective. So, which has been really nice. And, you know, like I said, in the very beginning, like, I don't think this podcast, I would have started it or some of the other things I'm doing without you, Saying uh, like kind of giving me the motivation to do it. Um, so is that something in the beginning to do? Like feel like I want to be like a like I'm not gonna call you like a life coach. I think <laughs> yeah. you're more like a like just a, a good friend that sees like has you're outside of my bubble, so you can really like push me and motivate me, but also mentor me. Is that something that you really want to do like for the future? Is like find people that come into the gym and help them outside of jiu
1: yeah you know so we have like different kinds of people that come into here you know you have some people that have their life together and they just want to work out and learn jiu-jitsu and then you have some people that don't have their life together they want to do jiu but they're not really open to you know knowledge and like the knowledge that i would say is like i'm talking about is like you don't get taught like this in school you know i'm i'm fortunate to have found a mentor, you know, four, five years ago of Ty Lopez, you know, so Ty Lopez, he had some courses online that I, you know, initially I was just watching his free, free stuff online. You know, he's talking about, you know, his fancy cars and stuff. And then eventually he starts breaking through and like talking about the fact that he, reads a ton of books you know he's investing time back into his own mind he's finding mentors you know he's going straight to the top if he wants to learn something you go to the best guy that's good at it and you learn from that guy you know pay him whatever he needs to be paid to be able to learn from him and you know i went from being kind of a helpless person like always wanting you know i want like you know a oh, man i wish this would happen you know man why don't i have this job you know because I I wasn't very good at school. So it's like, you know, if you're not good in school and you don't know possibilities that you can create things in life, you're kind of helpless and you're kind of hopeless. You know, society makes you feel hopeless. But once you realize that you can learn just about anything and then you can sell your skills and make money. Like I learned that, you know, I've been doing jujitsu for this period of time and you know, all I have to do is learn how to make a website and how do I sell? How do I put a price on my knowledge and how do I get it to other people in exchange for their money? You know, so we're doing a value exchange. And. Um, yeah, so it's like, do I want to be like a, an inspirational speaker or do like, did I think I wanted to like be able to help people? Not really. I just, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out myself, but. I sometimes people, I see that they're struggling and they have, they're not this, they're not like, Oh, I'm going to go to college and get a corporate job. So those people are the ones that are more like me. And the fact that, you know, maybe I show you a video on how to sell something online and you start a website and you start, you know, selling t-shirts or whatever. And now you're making some cash and you can scale it up and get smarter. Like I, so if I can share things like that with people, you know, like I started a, a little t-shirt website to, sell shirts online and make extra cash. So I sell jujitsu, I sell, you know, clothes online, you know, doing digital products and just things that are kind of outside the norm. You know, heck, you can start a store on Amazon and sell freaking water bottles or whatever, you know what I mean? But those are just possibilities that most people don't think of and they don't think that they are realistic. You know, society kind of breaks the entrepreneurial mind but if you can realize that you can be an entrepreneur to the point where you know you want an extra 500 bucks dude you could hustle some you know hustle something you know like gary V talks about so a lot of these mentors i got lucky that i found them and that i listened you know i listened to gary vanachuk i listened to ty lopez you know i'd listen to grant cardone i'd read his books i'd watch his sales calls and i would just try to learn how to hustle and learn how to be creative
0: yeah uh, for me i was one of the things that you brought to my attention was Ty Lopez and Gary Vee I like them both but I think I kind of uh push more to the Gary Vee side because he is a lot of the stuff he talks about is all it takes is like for you to actually do it and patience and um where Ty Lopez is a lot more I think on the educational side of it and like over time Like he has this, uh, this program that you gave to me and, um, I was, I was listening for a while. I, I, I just, for me, I don't know what it was, but when I heard about Gary Vee, just like selling your shit and getting off your ass, I was like, okay, instead of me reading, you know, a book a day, which for me is just, it's hard. I know I could sell shit. Yeah. So I, you know, got some, uh, stuff around my house, sold it. Was like, I continued either to do that, but what you really pushed me on is like trying to make a couple extra bucks off of like flipping things. And one of the things that seemed to work really good for me and how it has been helping me out is selling Pokemon cards. Pokemon, dude. The resurgence, the pandemic brought it back. Which is crazy because, you know, my son is really into Pokemon cards and I would just buy him cards and not even look at them. right? Like I I had already given up on Pokemon cards when I was uh, much younger, but now there's, there's this, such this crazy high demand and the ability to buy a product and then just sell it basically after you get or hold on to it and sell it for a uh, more of a profit. I wouldn't have started that without you pushing me towards that. And now once a month, you know, I'll get like a shipment in and I'll, I'll sell that and make like, you know, 500 ex- extra bucks.
1: Yeah, So adds up, dude. That's, a-
0: that's what's really cool. I think about you is not only are you like a... Uh, jujitsu black belt it took you such a long time to get to this point where you can open up your own business you know you teach classes you help people out when they come into the gym uh, but on the other end of that you're also an entrepreneur and you are you're trying to make your own money but when you see other people yeah uh, you know wondering how they can make more money you you help them or you give you kind of push them in the right direction as you mentioned before not everyone um, will take the advice, you know, but you're still willing to uh, give out the information that that you've learned from Ty and from Gary and, you know, the uh, various people and the books you've read. Um, because if it wasn't for you uh, pushing me into just, you know, looking around my house, uh, selling some of the junk I have, like I wouldn't have been able to buy this podcast gear. So, yeah, like, so yeah, through- Stuff th- happens fast. Yeah, so through that, through just, you know, getting rid of some of the stuff in my house, uh, investing into some pokemon cars and then flipping them and then making some money i was able to then buy this gear to do this podcast and then now hopefully through patience and through you know hard work and uh, just like uh grinding hopefully this one, one day that this this podcast will uh, you know
1: turn into something yeah hundred thousand followers yeah it's uh you know you just kind of take the power back you know like that rage against the machine song it's like take the power back like you know you grow up and you kind of feel like you know, society kinda takes your power from you. Like it takes your creativity. It takes your your like I said, your power. Like you have so much power in your life to control the things that you want. You wanna get, you know, a six pack, where you can control your diet, you can control how much you move your body, and you can get a six pack. You know, you wanna get money, you can you can either sell all your crap that you have in your house and, you know, buy more things and sell it, keep flipping, could watch videos, learn how to do it more. You can do whatever. You go mow lawns, you can go paint curbs, you could freaking rake some leaves you can recycle cans like there's all sorts of things to make cash and at all different levels you could sell cars you could sell houses like it just takes knowledge that's the only thing separating you from what you want is having to actually do the work and learn and sometimes you have to pay money to get there sometimes you get it for free but you just got to put the work in you know a lot of society the way it's going is almost like they want you not to have that power because then you're helpless and then you rely on them, whoever they are, right? Like, but you know, understanding, helping—it's almost like pulling people out of the matrix. Like I'm over here, like Morpheus, just pulling people's plugs, dude. Like, hey, man, <laughs> no, that's a real world. Like, you can go make a thousand bucks on a weekend. You know what I mean? Like, go make a bunch of burritos and sell them at the beach. You know, like, do whatever it takes.
0: Yeah, it really depends on on uh, what your goals are and how bad you want it,
1: you know, how bad do you want um, it? don't, and are you lying to yourself? Do you really want it? Some people think they want what they want, but they don't really want it because they don't do anything to get it. And it's like, you're just talking. Then. Oh man, I can't wait. I want to lose weight. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. Like I do it all the time myself, man. I would, you know, I want to, I want a nicer car or I want this. And it's like, well, what else are you doing to try to get that stuff? Oh, I'm not really doing anything. Like, All right, then. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> no for
0: reals. Like it's uh, one of the things I think one of the easiest things I think you know, Gary Vee said was just wake up earlier. I, people have said this to me, and I've heard it many times. You know, if you wake up at eight o'clock every day, maybe later, maybe you start waking up at six o'clock, and you take those two hours to focus on whatever it is that you're trying to do. Whether you know, who knows? It could be it could be so many things. Maybe you want to be an artist, but you you know you didn't go to school for art, so maybe you start every, every day for the the first two hours of your day, you draw yeah. and you maybe try to make some prints or you, then you go do some sort of pop-up and you make, you can make a couple bucks off of that. And those couple of bucks can, then you, you just basically need to, what's what I'm getting from some of the stuff you taught me is just like to reinvest into yourself. Yes.
1: Yeah. Reinvest into yourself and that you can put so much time into yourself, especially if you're, you have a little lifestyle where you're not You know, like when we first moved here, we didn't we only had one daughter. She was in school. My wife worked at the time. And, you know, now we have another daughter and my wife's taking some time off just to help raise our daughter. But, you know, I had all the time in the world. I was initially I came here to go to school. I took out some student loans, like 10,000 bucks. And I took that out knowing that I was going to quit school, but I needed cash to be able to float me until the gym or my personal training took off. So, you know, I took the classes and then after school I would go work out and then I would teach class at night. I'd do some personal training, started making a $1, thousand bucks, a hundred bucks, you know, and then eventually started getting to, you know, I got four clients paying me a thousand dollars. And then, you know, I'm teaching jujitsu, starting to build up, saving cash, and then, you know, I quit school because I I built something up and then I can switch it off. So like, mm-hmm. if you have one job and you wanna get out, you gotta plan your escape, you build up something else until it's equal or more value of what you're making, then boom, you dump that first job or you keep it either way, like.
0: So um at what point did you really, like, was there like a a mind change that you wanted <laughs> to be like an entrepreneur? Yeah. Like when when did that happen when you went from, I guess, Just, you had the ambitions of being a jujitsu instructor, open a gym and you went, it seems like you've taken, you know, that base level thoughts and then now you've taken it to now I want to be an owner of multiple businesses. It's not like jujitsu wasn't, you didn't end at jujitsu. Now you're, you're taking it to the next step, whether it's through investing, uh, and in yourself or you've talked to me a little bit about investing in like crypto or into yeah, stocks. crypto and
1: Pokemon, you know, we talk about Pokemon, you know, we're trying to get those, those hard assets, you know, you get the really nice cards and you, you get them graded and then you have like little pieces of gold. So like, I remember listening to Ty and I was listening, to, you know, I bought the 67 steps and I don't remember which video it is, but he talks about your mind is like an attic eventually you fill it up you can only you have to trade things out you can only put so much stuff in your mind and i'm sitting there and i'm sitting in american sign language and I, you know it's a beautiful language it's awesome i think it's great but i just really had no interest in learning it i had no interest in filling my mind up with this knowledge when i wanted to be filling my mind up with other knowledge. I wanted to be learning what Ty had to tell me to say. I wanted to be learning jiu-jitsu. I want to be learning about business. How do I open a website? How do I freak in, you know, how do I make it so that I can do some Facebook advertising? You know, how do I advertise on Instagram? And that's the stuff that I wanted to be learning. So while I was in class, I'm like, you know, I'm having to dedicate time to something I have no interest in learning. So there was a day where I was like you know, today, after I get out of class, I'm going to go look for a building that I can now start a jujitsu program in. But I didn't have any money. But I still made an appointment with a guy. And I went and looked at his building. And I'm pretty sure he knew I didn't have any money because I was just kind of bullcrabbing him the whole time. And uh, he ended up leading me to a direction. And he's like, you know, these ones are probably not going to work for you. But there's some buildings down the street on Lighthouse, which is like one of the main roads in Monterey and so i you know i start walking down that way and then i meet Jolie kabrinsky like she was inside of her gym and you know they do a lot of unconventional training so they got mats on the ground so they're barefoot they're in there they're getting down i see mats and i'm like oh man that's you know that's jujitsu right there so i come in and we start having a conversation and at that time there wasn't really anybody in their training it was kind of uh at a period of time where there just wasn't a lot of people in there like now it's like man you know, whoever, whenever you're listening to this podcast, it's probably blowing up, but right now they're doing a good thing. And even before the pandemic, they had a good energy going. But meeting her, you know, I have a conversation with her, tell her I'm a black, you know, I'm a brown bone jujitsu. I'm trying to start a program. And she offered that I start it in her space. So that guy, me making a decision to be like, I don't have any money. I'm getting an appointment with the real estate agent <laughs> to try to rent a building and i was just thinking i'll figure it out you know i just i got tired of not doing anything so like i faked it you know don't really fake it till you make it but sometimes you just gotta you gotta try take it. the steps yeah you gotta take the steps forward you gotta just do it try it and it turned out into me being able to rent some time from prime and i built up the space there and then you know we're over here now which is amazing no because I,
0: I feel like uh you know, I, I can speak for myself, but I've seen a lot of people come into the gym. You know, maybe they're dealing with you know some sort of like life problems, and the gym is really like a a space to. It seems like it like, I don't know. If it's through you or through jujitsu, but you really uh, have have an ability to help people. Um, and I feel like during the pandemic is a a point at where Uh, so many people needed jujitsu and they weren't able to get it just due to the restrictions um how was that for you dealing with like not having (coughs) any students or not you you kind of had some students you know you're doing some private some like bubble small bubble you know (coughs) trying to keep people within the bubble but like do you feel like some people that were that really needed jujitsu at the time of the pandemic they weren't able to get the help
1: yeah, you know, it's like, you know, it's unfortunate that, what, you know, what happened happened. and But, you know, some of the side effects of the lockdown, you know, I have guys that haven't trained in a year and they put 60 pounds on. You know, I have one guy, he just, you know, he started getting some workouts again with us and, you know, he's he gained 60 pounds. Now, is that because he couldn't do jiu-jitsu? Maybe he could have taken responsibility in different areas none of that really matters. Like the fact that jujitsu was that thing for him, you know what I mean? Some people, they're not going to work out. You're going to give them a freaking workout schedule. They're not going to do it, but if they can do some kickboxing or if they can punch the bag for 30 minutes a day, that's what they're going to do. And that's perfect for them. So like jujitsu is like that for people. It's the medicine, you know, it's like, it's the movement, your body, you know, get your blood moving, sweating, but then it's like the spiritual medicine. It's like the mental medicine. And, um, you know, it is. It was unfortunate that I couldn't share that with people during that time. But at the same time, you know, as bad as the pandemic was, it had hidden blessings. You know, and you know, I I kind of jacked my knee up before the pandemic, and it gave me time to recover. It gave me time to, you know, I hadn't I hadn't taken more than maybe I mean since I since I started training really hard, maybe at blue belt to black belt i'd taken maybe a you know two months off so like i had really never taken a break to be like oh yeah i'm not going to train for six or seven months i'd never really been hurt to the point where i had to stop completely and um it was just different you know for me it gave me perspective it gave me time with my family i had a small daughter you know i like so it gave me time for my body to heal you know my adrenal system like it takes a long time for like towards the, the beginning like in february like we shut down at the end of february of uh 2019 2019 and uh you know maybe january dude i felt like crap like i'd wake up in the morning and i felt like i was gonna die because we just had a baby i'm teaching two classes a day sometimes three or four or five six classes a day yeah you
0: would bring your baby you would bring your baby whole little yeah we would bring the seat. baby
1: in like you know i was like lack of sleep i was training really hard like and I just felt like I was going to have a heart attack. So like having the time off, being able to sleep without an alarm for like three months. You know, I, I, you think, like, oh, you take a week off and your adrenal system will kick back and you'll be fine. It's like, nah, that stuff takes like months. So just having that time, you know, as much as it sucked, it was kind of a blessing. And it kind of healed me up and it recharged me for now. We're coming out of it. And now it's time, you know, like, you know, we had a conversation earlier talking about seasons of life. There are seasons to, like, work hard. You're going to plant all your crops. You're going to work hard. You're going to till the land. You're going to plant the crops. And then there's seasons to just ride it out. Now I got to water it. got to water it. Then eventually I got to harvest it. And I got to take all that stuff. So, like, you know, I was working really hard harvesting all my stuff. Boom. I'm, we're making good cash. You know, we have a lot of students. There's a lot of people coming in and out. And then it went to a season of just resting. And then now we're coming out of the rest. We're coming out of the winter and we're going into being able to plant again. We're going to start planting our seeds. We're going to start, you know, tilling the land, getting people back in here and building it up again. You know, so eventually we can start harvesting and you know, ultimate goal, get a bigger building. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses that went out of business. But it with that, you know, it creates new life. And then sometimes maybe it opens up an opportunity for someone else to take a take a shot at it. So my hope is to be able to get a bigger building. And, uh, you know, that's just the plan.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, hope- or hopefully in these next, you know, couple of months, you know, to the year, the gym can uh, get some more people in, some more girls. I think that's one of the- Yeah, build that- a nice
1: women program, man. I would love to be able to offer, you know, multiple classes a week for women, females to come in. And, you know, I, I'm a fan of co-ed classes. I think it's great for women and guys to be able to, like, I like to be able to provide a space safe enough for people to come and do that, you know, and, um, I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of guys being overly aggressive with women and, Know, trying to use their strength, like I feel that a man and a woman can roll and a guy can get a lot out of it because you get to control your body, you got to control, it. but then you're still got to give them a good enough role that they're getting better as well. But yeah, being able to, you know, have something like that just lower the barrier of entry for some of the females that come in because sometimes a girl will come in and she doesn't feel comfortable, and that's perfectly fine. Like, I would, you know, I usually try to pair them up with another girl. And if you had a whole class of that, you know, it would just be a cool opportunity. Yeah,
0: you know, the, the bigger the gym gets for, for me, the the better. Just because it it just shows me that you're being, you have like, you're gaining more success and, uh, that just, uh, you know, it, it makes me happy just to see where the gym was when I first started and the growth that it's, you know, gained within the past, like three years, uh, when I was a white belt, you know, coming in now, I'm a, a blue belt, so that's just uh, really cool to me to see that, you know, your teachings or the stuff you talk about is actually paying off in the end. You know, yeah. you could be you know, <laughs> doing all this talk like, yeah, do this and do that. And then next thing you know, the gym closes and it's like, well, shit, this guy is like uh, you said, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, it's what, is be- in, what, it's what is being taught from your instructor that obviously is most important. If They're teaching you techniques that don't that don't actually work uh you probably won't ever get to the right point so i think when you for me when you're teaching or talking to me about life and you know uh either it's investing or some sort of entrepreneurship you know i really take your your words to heart and i try to apply them to life you know and, and um so it's good to see that you're doing that is there any books you've, you have you've gave me some books but maybe some people that are listening that books that you really the light that they can read and check out and maybe something that can you know switch over their mind in a sense like that it's helped you
1: yeah there's a definitely you know, a couple books that a lot of the stuff that kind of helped me the most is really just um like the courses that i've taken so like the 67 steps um i think it's like 67 dollars you know a dollar video so that one's really there's these things called paradigm shifts so like if you think one kind of way And someone helps you to maybe get rid of that concrete thought you have and be able to help you grow as a person, that's like a paradigm shift. So I used to think this kind of way, like I was like that towards the military, like when I was in high school, like. A recruiter would call me, and I'd be very disrespectful to him, like, oh, heck, yo, I'm not doing that. You know, I was just, like, so anti-military. And then I moved to Monterey, and I got to meet people of the military, like, different branches of the military. And I was teaching them, and I was interacting them day to day. And, like, so now my perspective has changed. I had a paradigm shift where I was thinking on one side of the line, and now I think on the opposite side of the line. And I understand why I was thinking on that other side. So I have both perspectives, you know, in jujitsu, you want to have both sides. Like, I don't want to be able to just pass to the left. I want to be able to pass to the right. I want to understand both sides of the coin. But, uh, you know, uh, some of the books, I would say anything Gary Vanderchuk, if you're going towards business, start with his first book and then go through all his different books. And then you can go, um, there's one called The Business of Belief. I believe it's by Tom A. Sacker. That's another good book. And then How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That's a great one that really helped me a lot. And then if like for me, I had issues with money and saving money. So The Richest Man in Babylon, that's one book that it's like a kind of not so much a history book, but it's just set back in, in olden times. So that's another one that's good. And then Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's a good one. There's a lot of these these books that you'll find most successful people in life have read these books. So, like, they found these mentors. Like, a mentor doesn't have to be alive. You can have a mentor that's been dead for 100 years. You know what I mean? But he wrote a bunch of books, and you're reading these books, and you're learning from them. So, yeah. So, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Think and Grow Rich. Um, Business of Belief. And then... Like I said, anything Gary Banner truck if you're going towards business.
0: Cool. Um, I guess, you know, now that we're coming out of the pandemic, is there anything that you're gonna be doing for Elite Team come coming like that's gonna be different? Or are you gonna just you said you're trying to how are you gonna get to your next space and um do you plan on like doing any kind of other martial arts through Elite Team, or are you gonna is it strictly jujitsu?
1: Um you know, I'm gonna put a little more effort a little more time like we had two beginners classes and before pandemic i would like to have four beginners classes a week and have it set so that you know beginners can go through uh, like a you know a set of time where they're going to learn all their fundamentals and be able to be a little more equipped for you know the style of jiu-jitsu that we work here but i would love to eventually add on some sort of striking you know we have we have one of our coaches here one of my uh, my purple belts that's really talented when it comes to striking and both like karate and kickboxing and Muay Thai. So having, you know, being able to offer some of that for some of the students would be great and uh, be able to offer for him. You know, he's been working hard uh, and, you know, but my main thing right now is like rebuild. So I got to rebuild foundation. I got to save money again because uh, the pandemic was rough and just kind of enjoy the time, you know, enjoy every day, enjoy the training, enjoy this experience as we come out of it, because there's going to be people born that won't remember it. There's going to be people that didn't experience it. Maybe they're at a point in their life where it's not affecting them. It's just affecting their parents. And for us, you know, at my age, this is affecting me, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like, my kids don't feel it as bad as I feel it. You know what I mean? So it's like, Use that, you know, use that as fuel. Don't forget that feeling. Don't forget that crappy feeling of feeling maybe you were vulnerable, you know, like Warren Buffett would say, I think it's either Warren Buffett or Charlie Monger. Like when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. And the tide went out during the pandemic and a lot of people got caught with their pants down. A lot of know? exposure for sure. A lot of exposure. So I gotta expose a little bit on myself which was good. You know, everybody, I think at some level got exposed. So if you forget that lesson, you deserve to get destroyed the next time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess for everyone in Monterey County, if you're from the area, you live in, you know, Salinas, Monterey, Seaside, Carmel, anywhere, definitely come uh, check out Mark at uh, Elite Team.
1: Yeah, reach out through the Instagram right now. It seems to be the the easiest way, you know, so either through the school, Elite Team, Monterey, or, uh, through my, my Instagram, this is Mark's with the X at the end. Um,
0: yeah, no, I think it's uh super beneficial, not only if you just want some sort of cardio, but if you want to truly learn how to like, uh, defend yourself or just being, being able to, uh, have the confidence to know that if someone ever tries to pick on you or tries to like bully you in any way, you have the skill set to deal with a problem, um, without either, you know, going straight for the knockout or just going crazy. Yeah, being
1: you know, able to de escalate things, you know. You're you're you might get arrested if you get in a fight using some jujitsu, but you're probably not gonna go to jail. But if you kick somebody in the head, there's a good chance you're gonna go to jail. <laughs> yeah, so not,
0: not kick anyone in the head. But uh <laughs> yep, no thanks Mark. I really appreciate you doing yeah. this. And then hopefully we could do this again and see how it uh when we, I guess when we're fully out of the pandemic and see how the gym's doing and see, you know, what the, what the future has.
1: Yeah, heck yeah. So, yeah, like I said, if you're ever in the area and you want to reach out, just, uh, you know, you can find me. I'm on Twitter, Elite Team Monterey. I'm on Instagram, Elite Team Monterey. I have a Facebook page and trying to work on building up the YouTube page. But, uh, yeah. Cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Later.